0: Right, so, so think about this for a moment. If, if something that matters to you isn't working and it's hurting, what do you want to do? Y- you want to eliminate the pain. Right? You see, when you go into a conversation and you're not assuming health, when you're assuming that there has to be something wrong, we're killing the space that allows somebody to share with us the problem that they have. And, and what we're doing is we're, we're creating a lot of fear. Welcome to the Sales Genius Podcast. This is Doug Davidoff. I am your host. Don't forget, if you haven't already, be sure to join the Sales Genius Network at www.salesgeniusnetwork.com. It is your place, whether you're in sales, marketing, demand generation, customer success, if you're a growth executive for a company, if you're looking to improve customer acquisition, customer success, revenue growth, revenue retention, it is the community for you. It's got uh, all of our show notes. It's got tools, resources, insights, workshops, etc. Go there, go there now, www.salesgeniusnetwork.com. All righty, let's talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. And that is the mindset when we are approaching new opportunities. Um, I'm going to be talking today about it from uh, primarily the perspective of a salesperson. But uh, if you're in marketing, customer success, demand generation, uh, I encourage you to, to think about what I'm talking about here and apply it to the tactics that you're implementing. The mindset that I'm talking about is a mindset that I call always assume health. It's one of the rules that I try to live by. It's something that I teach salespeople all the time, and that is when beginning conversations with anybody, uh, by the way, I try to apply this, not, not just to new opportunities. I try to, I try to apply this rule. And I say try because it's not easy sometimes. I try to apply this rule when I'm working with clients. Um, and that is, assume everything's good. Assume they know what they're doing. Assume they're happy. Assume they're legitimate to be happy. Now, mind you, I I also carry the the belief and the thought that there's likely something that's out of whack, too. There's likely something that's not working. We've done a lot of research on our ideal client profile, on the people at our ideal client profile. We know that there's a high likelihood that the problems that we solve are, are present. But my job is to help them uncover it. Uh, you know, there's an old, old, old phrase that says a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And if you dig into behavioral psychology, you'll, you'll find that the way the brain works is, is if, it, if we tell you something, it's, it's very easy for you to ignore it, for you to push it away, for you to dig in and defend, and, and it goes nowhere. But if we can position it as a question, then your mind can't ignore it. You can't stop thinking about it. You you, you actually have to answer the question. Now, the point of Always Assume Health is not just ask questions. The the, the point is that we as sellers, marketers, demand generators, whatever, we, we as sellers, we have to create what I refer to as the psychological safety so that people will share what's wrong with us. Now, let me illustrate what I'm talking about um, with, with a little bit of a um, I think it's funny, a little bit of a of, of an extreme example. i I, I want to pretend for the moment that doctors thought the same way that salespeople thought. So in this vignette, I'm a doctor and it's the end of the day, and you're gonna eavesdrop on a call home before I wrap everything up for the day and head home. Yeah, hi, honey. yep, it's Doug. Right, uh huh, yeah. I got some bad news. Um, it it doesn't look like we're going to be able to add that extension on the house. Yeah, yep, yep. I know. I thought I I thought for sure two of the patients that I was going to see today were going to need surgery, but uh, you know, damn it, they they felt good. Um, the tests came in okay. Yeah, I tried. I mean, I. I, I, I tried to explain to them the benefits of uh, this type of elective surgery when you're stronger um, that, you know, that it was highly likely that they were going to need the surgery at some point, but yeah, they just didn't buy it. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't think we're going to hit the number. It's, it's, it's not going to be the month that I thought it was going to be. And yeah, so, so, so we're going to have to delay those, those, those purchases. Now that conversation is it's silly on its face, it's silly to, to even think about. And, and, and imagine what, what it would be like going to see the doctor if, if that was the approach that they took. But that is so often how we react to salespeople. We, we, we talk to somebody, maybe we're doing outreach, maybe we're doing cold outreach, maybe we're at a trade show, maybe it's the first conversation that was set up, an inbound lead, whatever the case may be. We have that first conversation, and the moment someone starts saying that something is good, we're trying to convince them otherwise. And, and when we finish the conversation, if, if we finish it and they say everything was, you know, everything's great, we feel like we failed on the call. Right? And that mindset, when, when you don't have the mindset of always assume health, you build a natural adversarial positioning between you and the person that you're talking to. Remember, sales fundamentally is, a, is based on, on the idea that you have something, a product, a service, an experience, an idea, whatever the case may be. You have something that can solve a problem for a group of people that's relevant, that causes enough pain that that person or group wants to eliminate the pain, solve the problem, and generate the outcomes and benefits that not having that problem infers right so so think about this for a moment if if something that matters to you isn't working and it's hurting, what do you want to do? Y- you want to eliminate the pain right. You see, when you go into a conversation and you're not assuming health, when you're assuming that there has to be something wrong, I'm going to prove there's something wrong one way or the other, right? We're, we're killing the space that allows somebody to share with us the problem that they have. And, and what we're doing is we're, we're creating a lot of fear, right? Because we're making it clear to the person that we're communicating with that if they tell us something's wrong, we are going to be on them like a pit bull, on, on a dog boat, right? We are going to be, we're going to sink our teeth in and we are not letting go. Right. And, and, And they've learned that over time. That's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is they don't really know you. And, and so they're not gonna admit, share that, that they have a real problem with you. That, that requires vulnerability. By the way, what I've learned is, you know, especially people that are serious about achieving things, when they have things that are not working, they tend to feel like they're unique. They're, they're typically strong performers, smart, effective, and, and something's not working. So they kind of think it's, and by the way, this is a natural thought. They think there's something wrong with them. And so they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to be shamed. They don't want to feel stupid, Right. And we're coming in, we're, we're like the person at the front of a retail store as someone walks in and before they have a chance to close the door, we're, hey, thanks for coming into our store today. Can I help you? Right. The, the immediate reaction is to push back. Right. If, if you take a look at the underlying process that drives purchasing decisions, frankly, that drives any decisions, and therefore, it should drive your, your sales process. There's two key segments that you need to understand. The first one is, is what we often refer to as an inquiry segment. Now, a lot of times we call that diagnosis. We might call that a needs assessment. But, but that's a, I'm, I'm going to say fact-finding, but I, I don't mean just facts. I mean facts, feeling, situations, context. That, that's a discovery process. Where the objective is to understand, R- remember two thoughts. Nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. I'm sorry, no one, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And seek first to understand, then be understood. That first phase is our job. And the way that we build trust is we demonstrate that we understand them better than they understand themselves. Right? And we do that through a process of discovery, through a process of inquiry. And that is a question-laden process. That is a digging-deep process. Now, if you're managing that discovery process the way a truffle pig seeks out truffles, you're not going to get very far. Because every nonverbal signal, and and probably every verbal signal, is going to be signaling danger, danger, danger. Right. So so the first segment is inquiry. The, The second segment is advocacy that's where we share, right? And, and and this leads to one of the most common mistakes that I see salespeople make in discovery processes regularly. And that is they take an ask, answer, respond approach rather than an ask, answer, ask, answer, ask, answer. Here, here's what I mean. You ask a question, you ask your discovery question. Some, uh, what challenges are you facing? What's important to you, right? And that's not a good discovery question, but given no context, I'm just... Uh, Starting off there for an example. And someone says, well, you know, it, you know, it's really important that um, our team be able to collaborate. And so we're looking for something that, that, that allows for greater collaboration. And we hear that and we go, oh, that's one of the key features of our product. That's one of the key. And we go right into response. Oh, well, that's why you're going to love X, Y, and Z and blah, 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 blah. Right. What we have just done there is we have just said to them, you don't matter. It's all about us. Yeah, 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 I'm asking you questions, but but that's just because technically I have to. Right. Just because somebody has something that's not working perfectly doesn't mean that they're ready to do anything about it. And and so when we don't assume health, the first moment we hear something, we're digging in and we're running all the way to solution. And we've never stopped to align ourselves with the person that we're talking to to ensure that, we, that they understand the problem, that we understand where that problem is, what it's connected to, who else is impacted by the problem, for them to additionally understand what, what's the likely cause of the problem, and most importantly, what's, what's the consequence of the problem. You see, you're not really through that inquiry stage, that inquiry segment, until. The problem is fully understood, mutually understood, and that means the problem, the consequence. The consequence of the problem, the cost of the problem is understood. And that the decision has been made that the, the change has to occur. See, discovery is about why change. Right? The first time we hear somebody say something that, that's the least bit positive or least bit aligned to to our features, benefits, our product, our advantages. Like I said, we are jumping to show and tell. But we've never established the basis for why they should make the decision to begin with. And and the thing is, we can't lead them there if they don't feel safe with us. We can't lead them there if they don't trust us. Right? But, But trust is more than just some vague feeling. Trust means something very specifically. It's the feeling of being understood. We can't move forward to lead them where we want to go until we make sure they feel understood. We need to give them the space to allow them to share what's going on. By the way, that also means that when they do share a problem, we have got to behave like we've heard it before. If our eyes pop open or we go into, um, you know, solution mode real fast, we come across as being surprised. Oh, really? Well, well you're, you're definitely gonna need to. One of the things to do with an always assume health mindset is practice buffer statements or, or buffer phrases. That, that provide that confirmation in advance. It, it's very improv It's very yes and. Somebody says something to me, uh, my go-to response is, interesting, tell me more about that. I'm not surprised to hear that. By the way, uh, prospects, please don't be listening to this. Um, one of the signs that maybe I heard something that I didn't expect to hear, this is not always true, but it is one of my go-tos when I, when I hear it. So I'm going to have to change this up now that I've I'm putting this on recording. Uh, is I'm not surprised to hear that. So so very often when you hear me say I'm not surprised to hear that, I'm often at least a little bit surprised to hear that. I'm not surprised to hear that. How how's that how's that demonstrating itself? How's that impacting? How's that How's that um showing itself? How how do you know that it's there? How is that um who who is impacted by that, right? I'm, I'm staying there and I'm, and I'm looking to understand what's going on. I'm also helping them connect the dots. More often than not, when we first talk to somebody and they have a problem, A, they're going to want to solve it. B, they haven't connected the dots the right way to solve the problem. Our job is to help them connect those dots. How do we do that? We do that by leading them through the process, mixing questions, insights, and advocacy together to lead them from where they are to where they want to be. But to do that, we've got to establish the trust, the credibility. By the way, the key thing about credibility is I believe you've been there before. I believe you've done this before. Right? It actually has nothing to do with whether or not you've done it. So, so please, if you go into your statement about, oh, well, we have uh, you know, 3,624 years of combined experience and 76 Nobel laureates on our team. You can't tell your way to credibility. You demonstrate your way to credibility by how you behave, right? And one of the best ways to do that is assume they're healthy. Let them tell you, no, it's worse than that. You know, no, it's a little bit bigger than that. No, it's a little bit more difficult than that, right? The more you assume health, the more you take that positioning, the more you create the psychological safety, the more you create the space that allows them, that allows your prospect or prospects to step into the area where they share with you what are their issues, what are their concerns, and what are those impacts. And when you're doing that, sales becomes a whole lot easier, a whole lot more fun, and frankly, it stops feeling like selling. So the next time you begin a conversation with with a new prospect or an existing prospect, before you start, remind yourself, everything's good. Everything's good for them. They're healthy. And see what it does for you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Sales Genius Podcast. If you have any questions, thoughts, challenges, please share them with us. We are here to help make your life easier and to make growth a little bit more effortless to you. Until next time, go out and be a sales genius.